G'day, my name is James Baldwin and welcome to Oz F1, Australia's favourite Formula One podcast. Well, it has been an explosive last week of silly season before we've even had a Formula One season. Join us for this episode as we go through all of the nitty gritty about Daniel Ricciardo making the very correct decision in joining McLaren. friends and yours of course two thomases tommy t and thomas j camp boys how good is being correct the best yeah it's good i'm always right so <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're a pest my middle name is james uh, baldwin <laughs> <laughs> you are an absolute menace jeez i'm glad we started oh. recording so quickly uh Obviously, the, the announcement came 24 hours after we released our podcast that Daniel Ricciardo is, in fact, going to McLaren. As we said in the last podcast, not even a week ago, it was the right decision for, for many, many, many reasons, but I couldn't be happier. Call me a prophet. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, absolutely the right call from Danny Rick there. And it was all going on behind scenes. As we were, we were speculating and talking about giving our opinions, but... He'd already come to that decision on his own, so he doesn't need to listen to us or need our help at all. Clearly, it's good. Exactly. I mean, it helped, obviously. At the yeah, very end of the podcast, you said, Daniel, if you're listening, make sure you go to McLaren. And he went, yes, Cappy, and off he went. So that's I, that's the thing that's happened. I would just like to take this opportunity to rage at Ferrari. <laughs> Man, <laughs> we will get out of the way, James. Look, I didn't want yep. him to go there in the first place. Well, I said that last week. But to the fact that Ferrari were not even on the front foot, even talking to him, going to offer him a contract, like even future-proofing, looking at it, suggests that that is the biggest shit show of an organisation ever. That dodgy Italian team, whatever they're doing over there, <laughs> sort it out. Where's Wally? Mate, you guys need a new team principal. Sort it out. The rumours about... The Italian way is the best way. Well, clearly fucking not. <laughs> Do a better job. And then we should just end the podcast there, right? Oh, I no. think you're right. Well, boys, it's been fun. <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> I've been blown away. What, what shocked me was that, according to Ferrari and things that have come out now, Daniel Ricciardo was not even entertained oh, as an idea. What a star. Which is just crazy. What a star. <laughs> Now let's let's go through let's go through what actually happened here because there are stacks of different reports. All right, let's talk about Zach don't, Brown don't first. Don't believe the Italian media. <laughs> don't yeah. Well, there's no. They never get sources from Italy, only from France. Um, <laughs> uh, that's later in the podcast. But uh, Zach Brown, I did a post on Instagram about Zach Brown, which received a lot of love. But we have to really pay a lot of due respect to this bloke. I mean, I, we said last podcast Toto Wolf might not be around for all that much longer, but Zach is definitely here to stay. I'm just going to read some of what he said to Sky F1 uh, about 24 hours ago. Uh, He said, I think in the right card, Daniel is capable of winning a championship immediately, which was A, to read that was fantastic. B, good good, better than Renault and Cyril. Uh, he said he's extremely marketable from a commercial standpoint. He's been a very exciting driver. Um, and I think the combination of he and Lando will be awesome. There'll be kind of fan favorites on and off the track. Now going through that interview itself, one thing that he actually says is that he and, or the team and Daniel have been in deep talks since winter. So this is like 
months ago, six months ago, where this is potentially these conversations have been going. I think Ferrari have come along and said, oh, maybe this would be great. And Daniel's gone, I've just seen what you've done to Vettel and Alonso yeah. and Kimi. Why the hell would I want to do that to myself? I want to go somewhere that's actually going to bloody support me and, and be a decent vibe. Yeah. We were so right last time <laughs> around. And we're not underestimating Charlotte Clue's opinion about driving with Daniel Ricciardo or not either. You know, he might have done a Seb 18 months ago and said, Paul Rankin said, I'm not driving against that guy. Yeah. Well, just with the cars that we saw yet last year, the the team rules, the drivers in fighting, all these kind of things. That The team had no direction. The drivers had no control. It was just an absolute chaos. And I I think it's probably everyone's been watching and going, do I really want to sign up for this? Yeah, you know, in hindsight, Maurizio Arriva Benny, he had that team in good shape. They weren't yeah, Mercedes, did, but no one's been able to catch Mercedes. Mm. He got them in front of Red Bull after 2014-15, yep. you know, in front of them for 16, 17 and 18, and uh, they've dropped right back off as soon as he left. So good on you, mate. Credit where credit is due. He some leadership. Yeah, and he had some leadership about him as well, whereas Wes Wally has little to none. Yeah, it feels like he's afraid of his drivers and he's he's too worried what they're going to think. And just for your new listeners out there, Wes Wally is, uh, what's his, I can't Mateo remember his Bonotto. name, Matea Bonotto. Matea Bonotto. Matea Bonotto. Oh. You don't even know his real name. That's his <laughs> he doesn't get a real name. <laughs> <laughs> Wally Ferrari. Uh, but yeah. it's interesting because Mark Mark Webber stepped up on Twitter and said something similar. Like he, he sort yeah. of suggested that Ricardo had a lukewarm interest in joining Ferrari. And it, of course, makes sense with a former teammate of both of theirs being Seb walking yeah. away. Yeah. Um, and he interestingly says, so it says here that the former Red Bull great posted on Twitter, he suspects Vettel had good reason for leaving Ferrari after getting inside information from the world's biggest F1 gossip and the little bitch otherwise known as Bernie Eccleston. Mr. E. <laughs> no, don't talk about Mr. E like that. He's a star, mate. Star. <laughs> you know, why am I not surprised <laughs> that he mean? is going to be loved? He and Fernando Alonso, two pictures of them above your bed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well... Look, Helmut Marco said he still speaks to Vettel, you know, once a month too. So, you know. Well, we'll come to I what think Vettel's doing. Vettel's a, a very good on. politician, man. Like, he's good at playing the field. Well, well, it just goes to show there's so much in this sport that goes on behind closed mm-hmm. doors that we, the fans, don't know about, which is a good thing. We a need a lot that. out of the car. Um, 100%. We're, we're always the last to find out absolutely anything. So, um, yeah, look, look. It's good to see we got this one right, though. I'm so stoked yep. that he's going McLaren. In hindsight, he should have done it 18 months ago, but yep. not a bad thing. He's pocketed $42 million bucks a year. and uh, He's, he's brushed up on his French. I think Renault's genuinely... I, I think at the top level, Renault, Cyril Abedable, genuinely knew that they weren't going to keep him. Um, but and there was nothing they could Especially do. Especially if... If they really wanted to keep year. him, they should have thrown him a four- or five-year contract. Not that Ricardo would have signed it anyway, yeah. but I think... I think, I think it's sad for Renault in the sense that they couldn't keep him. Um, I don't think it's a real reflection of what Renault is because I think they're primed to be pretty good when those new regs come in as well. But uh, yeah, I saw the uh, media manager come out and post a, something about Danny Rick the other day, saying that she could be his wingman any day. With <laughs> like, it just looked like they had a good yeah. relationship and it was quite nice. So we're not surprised, are we? Yeah, we're not. But uh, 
Anyway, but moving it's, on. It's, it's interesting. Well, it's interesting because Renault, you know, I mean, Cyril had a bit of a shot across Daniel's bow saying, it, you know, it's all about teamwork in these uh, and, and loyalty wow. in, the, in the next uh, iteration of, of regulations. But so McLaren itself, because, I mean, I really was loving on McLaren at the end of last year and now I get two of my, my two favourite drivers as well as my favourite team colours and I actually get to maybe support a whole team for at least two seasons. Um <laughs> Zach Brown was saying that the reason Daniel didn't come across in, at the end of 2018 is because they had a really poor season. They were coming off the back of just it being an absolute yeah. mess. Uh, he was saying that he, he said had Paul told was Daniel a nice that, way to put it. Well, <laughs> oh, that's true. But they they were sixth, right? They weren't last, so it was horrible. And watch Ben. You know, I think a lot of attention was given because it was Fernando sitting there as well. Uh, really, just. A lot of bitching, and it yeah. wasn't great, but there was a lot of bitching by Fernando. Um, the one thing that is interesting, and I said last time and in, in the Instagram post, is that Andreas Seidel has changed so much of what McLaren is on the team principal side with Zach Brown being the CEO a lot in the last 12 months, uh, or a little bit longer now, sorry, 16 months. And Zach was saying, you know, I had told Daniel that this was coming down and that James Key was going to be put into a leadership position too, but nothing had happened yet. So I think at the end of last year and Daniel going, you know what? You guys have done a bloody great job. And mm. you can see the fun that Carlos and, and Lando are having. The fact that Carlos got out on a podium anyway is amazing, even if it wasn't was, was after everyone else left. But Zach kept chasing Daniel. And I think Daniel, now that there's Mercedes, you've got Andreas Seidel, James Key, Zach Brown, uh, no pressure of being a number one or a number two driver. He's kind of default number one, but that won't be said. With a driver like Lando who's going to learn from him and sort of be encouraged by him rather than Charles Leclerc who would just be a little bitch again like he was to Vettel. <laughs> I just I just think I just think like all over it's a better brand for him, it's a better culture for him. Yeah. It just completely is just the the best team for him right now. Even better than Mercedes as well. I just I mean I just think it's it's kind of be the match made in heaven when the regulations change. Well, I mean before Mercedes was dominant. The French give up pretty early though, so. (laughs) Before Mercedes, the works team were dominant. It was McLaren, Mercedes were dominant. Yeah. So we're going back to that era again, it seems, with this combination of power unit. And they're going to become the works team potentially if if Mercedes do step back. So, and let's not forget that McLaren, Mercedes had David Coulthard, Mika Hakkinen, Kimi, Fernando Alonso, for that's Star. for you, Campy. Jensen. But all of all Jensen. Coulthard, all of these well, amazing Jensen. Yeah, Alonso twice, but so did Renault. But there's just this amazing, potentially three times for Fernando, but an amazing uh, like backstory there. So yeah. it's just better than Renault and, and yeah. Anyway, just interesting. Let's talk about Ferrari's decision to go with Carlos Sainz. So let's assume that uh, obviously Daniel was spoken for and that they had inverted commas mutually agreed uh, to not come together to work together. Why do you think Carlos Sainz is the right decision for Ferrari? I don't think he is. I, I, I was thinking back. Lando out-qualified Sainz last year. Yep. That's not good. If you're moving up to be the second to Leclerc, you're going to get absolutely schooled if that's – I don't know. He, I hear what well, you're saying, answer, but don't, well, let's well, not let's to forget. To answer your question, James – 
That is not the right decision. Yeah, I don't think it is. If it was me, I still, I'm still not sure on Science. Science had a good year last year in yep. a McLaren that was clearly better than the rest of the midfield. It was and the Renault, fourth best car. <laughs> Renault by a margin. Yeah. Him and Lando were pretty even, but Carlos, his race pace was way better. Yeah. Um, throughout the season. And he had some shitty results early, which let him fall behind Lando, blah, blah. I don't want to hype him up too much. The kick can drive. Nice guy. I, he hasn't proved himself at the top yet. No. If I'm Ferrari and you can't get Danny Rick, I'm looking at Seb and going, I want Seb. Mm. I think Seb ultimately decided to move away from the team after what we've heard now. Yeah. But I still, I'd, to answer your question, James, it wasn't the right move. I'd be getting somebody else in. Yep. Okay, let's spitball because I think it's funny because when we listen back to our back catalogue at the end of last year, we all of us agreed that Carlos Sainz was the, the most improved, sort of best of the rest driver. No I Mercedes didn't, didn't. driver. No, I agree. He was did. definitely the best of the rest, but I think a lot of that was opportunity. Okay. I don't so know if who, that was with raw talent. Who, who then do we, you know, Vettel leaves, Carlos, let's remove Daniel and Carlos from the picture for a moment. Who would be the perfect person to step in that seat? Because if you go junior program, that's Giovinazzi and it's sorry, but hell no. Checo. Fernando. I reckon it's Checo. Fernando. Fernando is not going back to Ferrari as much as he's not no going chance. back to McLaren, mate. Yeah, I know. Well, Look, I, I think I just the, like, the Robin to saying. the Batman I, is is Checo. You're not wrong. I think I think Checo has shown a lot. He's always been opportunistic when he's been in worse performing cars, I think he would probably be a really good number two. He would fit that Bottas role as a second driver, which is clearly what they want and which Seb wouldn't do. You, I don't, I, maybe Sainz is that, but I think you've just got much more bang for your buck if you went for Perez. He'd just fall in line. When you put it like that, Sainz is the right choice. Other than Danny Rick, yeah, we knew uh, he wasn't uh, going to go there. I, I hear what you're saying. He's totally the, he's totally the other driver on the grid that you would be. I hear what you're uh, saying, Tommy. Right, Checo, absolutely. Right. But he's just signed a 15-year contract with Aston Martin, <laughs> so don't worry about it. I think it just grew as you were um, speaking. Can I just say that uh, that tasted like vinegar coming out of my mouth? Just <laughs> saying that you were right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, really, I do really like Sainz. Going forward. Really like Sainz. I just don't know if he's if he's the one. And I d- Look, he showed it in, the, in an opportunity that he was given. But I don't know if he's actually a better talent Mate, than, the guy than went, Checo. The, or... guy, the guy went toe-to-toe with Max Verstappen in that Toro Rosso. So, you know, yep. that was three years ago. And, he didn't get the and nod. And that's exactly the thing. They were pretty good. You know so I hope, I hope he fucking destroys Leclerc next year. <laughs> Look, he destroys I do too. And you know what? I think he car. will because a few reasons. He was the most improved last year. He you know, galvanize the team. He's only 25, so he's not that much older than Max, right? Yeah. And he's still, you know, he's five years younger than Danny Rick. He's got all this time ahead of him. He has basically followed Alonso's exact journey, Minardi slash Toro Rosso, um, Renault, McLaren, now Ferrari, right? So he's followed his hero's journey. He's very good at adapting to the situation. I've got a quote here from Trevor Carlin, who's, who's Carlos's Formula, Formula 3 boss. Uh, he said it's interesting because Carlin believes if they were bringing, as in Ferrari, bringing signs into Big Leclerc's number two, then they have made a mistake. Ferrari, if they thought they were hiring a number two, might have underestimated Carlos. And I think for this reason alone, it's good to have Carlos signs in there because he's not going to play the number two. He's not just going to go, I just want to you know, do the red team thing, so I'll, I'm happy to be the Barrichello. I'm happy to be the number two and sit here. I actually think he's going to destroy... Charles, and I just think yep. Vettel was 
frustrated in the end of his tether last year, four years into a disappointing Ferrari dream that just didn't turn out his way. And it didn't matter mm. if it was Charles or anyone else. If it was Kimi, it wouldn't have been so obvious. But I don't think Charles all that great. And I just think, and I hope that for Carlos's sake, that he does a good job and he absolutely craps all over Charles Leclerc because. I think he deserves a drive more so. He's opened up the seat for Danny Rick, so good. And we can rub it in as much as we want moving forward about what a bad decision it was. And just remember, we've still got 18 races with Seb in this Ferrari. Yeah. I hope Seb comes out and Mike puts red paint on Ferrari's face and makes them look stupid. (laughs) I really do. Yes. Refresh my memory. (laughs) When he left Red Bull originally, how early into that season was it or was it post-season? About two-thirds of the way through the year it was announced. And, and what was he like in the rest, in the remaining part of the season? Yeah, he was fine. He was but fine. He got he was fine. Look, Danny Rick won three races this year. I think Danny Rick didn't destroy him on one lap pace. It was pretty even. Um, and Danny Rick got his race wins when he consolidated on a lot of other people's uh, mistakes yep. and reliability yep. yes. as well. That's not to take yep. anything away from Danny Rick. But that, that wasn't the move, peak of that Red Bull car either. That move Danny Rick did on Seb, his teammate at Monza in 2014, oh. ducked oh. one way into that chicane up the back. Mate, <laughs> that is still one of the greatest moves I've ever seen. Like, that is, that is yep. one of my favourite moves of all time. Yep. It's um, a goat move. But, yeah, no, look... They were, they were actually pretty even, but Danny Rick got all the results and all the accolades. Yeah. But he he was he showed so much. But that he showed first he was year. coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he he took the he took the win. He mm. took the win over Seb. So. Yeah, there's, there's some um, similarities with what's just happened. Hey? Oh, absolutely. Seb doesn't really like playing second fiddle. It seems, and he's he's seen the kind of the writing on the wall with Leclerc and somewhat how the team's making decisions, and he's decided now's the time to go. Then. Stick it out. and DR was super, you know, he's super humble when he spoke about that year that he had over Vettel, Vettel too. He said, look, I was coming from a poor car into a really good car and I didn't have to learn. Yeah. This guy just come off four world championship winning cars to a car that yeah. was completely yep. different and changed and totally. it took him longer to adapt and couldn't change. Whereas mm. I knew, no, knew no nothing, like knew nothing different. Mm. So he yes, came in with this youthful point. exuberance and he's really humble in admitting that. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, we can give perspective on it, but but if you oh, look boy, at the it's the same thing too. Mm-hmm. And I can understand Seb having a bad attitude towards Ferrari. In hindsight, looking back over the last three years, you know, he had some real dreams about emulating Michael Schumacher when he went there, and he yeah. was really clear about why he went there. And mm-hmm. they've never been able to get somewhat close to uh, Mercedes. I mean, last year was probably... Sorry, two years ago was the best year that they had a chance. They seemed to be always there or thereabouts mm. at every race weekend, but last year they did nothing. This year at testing, just we've already spoken about that on previous podcasts. They just look so far off the pace. I don't mm. think it's a bad move from Seb either. So understanding these comments we've heard in the last 24 hours from certain ex-racers, and uh, it's a good thing. Well, I think you're right. The The interesting thing that, that someone said it might have been something on Sky. Basically, like, well, there ain't no team orders for Ferrari for the rest of this year. Uh, yeah. Seb is going to do zero listening to any radio, <laughs> even though, even though all they say on the radio is, "Okay, we're checking." It's like, shut up! I'm just gonna drive. There'll be no grazie regari or tutti. It's just yeah. gonna be bloody smash it. I actually hope he gets some race wins this year. They're um, just gonna pit him. They're gonna force going, his hand. 
They're just going to play no. the game. Yeah. If they do that, Sebastian though, Vettel's but... been around long enough to play the game backwards, I would suggest. Yeah. And yeah. I think you look back on his time with Mark in Red Bull to, to say that. But talking about Seb, because the next question, so we've, we've spoken about Danny Rick. Obviously, that's amazing dream team. It's really good news for Carlos, and that was announced very, very quickly, uh, you know, 24 hours, and that was that whole driver market thing had wrapped up. In fact, we had silly season before we've even had a season yet. But let's talk about Seb about where he goes next. Uh, there's to a lot of talk even from people like Martin Brundle saying that he ain't leaving Ferrari uh, without something secure next time. That doesn't necessarily mean Formula One though. So aside from going to the beach, um, let's just, out. let's let's war game a couple of scenarios first. All right, let's Renault, let's talk about Renault first. Uh, Renault's the obvious choice. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I genuinely, I think he's, he's going to retire. I think. If he can't be on top, I can't see this guy wanting to continue racing. I reckon he might take a couple of years off and then come back maybe into a different motorsport, something different. But I can't imagine him doing the Alonso and trying to dominate every facet of motorsport in every other category. I think Seb's kind of like, if I can't be the one, I'm out. Okay, well, let's talk about retirement then slash sabbatical because I think just just having a child, just having a child and, you know, I think also seeing Alonso's desperation really to come back yeah. in. If he well, knows he, he wants to stay the, in, he's he going to stay. Go in. Like Rosberg, like Rosberg did the same. No, Rosberg. He kind of he kind of dabbles, but he's not really. Look, I think I actually think Seb would be a, a great commentator. He should start a podcast. Maybe just overtake bloody. It wouldn't Nico's be hard. podcast. It wouldn't be hard. Only idiots do that. But let's. I specifically want to talk about Renault for a second because yeah, let's uh, go back we'll, to we'll talk about Renault. The what in, is. In, in, at the, at the end, but um, the bonuses for him going to Renault is that they are a works team. Uh, they've got a good amount of money and everything else behind him. So in terms of his salary, he won't be potentially taking such a big cut. Obviously, he's mm. going to take a cut leaving Ferrari, but uh, after them paying Daniel quite a lot of money, clearly there's the budget for it. I mean, this is a four-time world champion, right, coming into yep. Uh, yep. a midfield team. He's better than Daniel on that on paper in that respect, right? So he's got experience from Red Bull. He's got experience from Toro Rosso and then from Ferrari coming back a step. It also sort of takes him out of the limelight a bit. I think everyone was looking at Daniel a lot when he went to Renault because they were like, well, hang on a second, you just left a inverted commas championship winning car, potentially, or at least race winning car, to go to the midfield. Is this going to go, well, no, it's not. It went horribly wrong and everyone yeah. was like, why did you do that? Could be similar things for him with Renault. I think straight up the big thing is it's going to be the number one over Ocon. Oh, easy. He'll, like, he'll pants Ocon. He's got his measure. Yeah, I don't see him going back to Renault though. I can't see him if Kimi retires. I can't see him going to Alpha either. The only logical place for me that Seb fits Aston. No, it's not. Even it's it's Red Bull. We got to remember Ooh. Albon's on a one year contract this year, and we said this before. Yeah. Albon's got he's got six to ten races to prove himself before the mid year or whatever it is, whatever that looked like in a full season. Now it could be. Eight or nine. If mm. Albon doesn't perform and push Max the way they want it, wouldn't surprise me if Red Bull gave him and said, Look, Seb, we'll give you another couple of years and you can yeah. be a number two. It's home for him. They love him over there. The yeah. only other option is Mercedes. And I can't see, unless Valtteri absolutely shits the bed this year, I can't see them <laughs> changing their lineup yeah. for next year either. Yeah. yeah. So, to, to your point about Red Bull, it makes sense. They don't have a lot of young driving talent left. 
their driver pool is empty, whereas Renault has the juniors. We know what so, we know what Red Bull's driver pool is, and they're all in the cars at the moment. Yep. Gasly yeah, didn't perform at Toro Rosso. Yeah. Gasly didn't perform the top team. Kvyat didn't perform at the top team. Albon's the last shot for Red Bull with their junior program. Yep. They don't have anyone on the radar that's any good comparable yep. to what they had five years ago. Mm. So it's, that, to me, makes a bit of sense to go back there, and they'll mm. just they'll love him because they do. They won him four world championships, got Toro Rosso their first, um, yep. first podium back 12, 13 years yeah. ago, whatever it was. So and just quickly, if you're, drive. if you're a Cyril, do you <clears> then go, all right, we'll go Ocon number one and we'll bring a junior in? Does that seem to make more sense while they're in this rebuilding kind of I, I don't phase? Know, I don't know enough about Red Bull's junior program. No, the um, Renault. Yeah, Renault. sorry, Renault. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. They seem to have everyone. Well, they there's had, there's they an had, absolute pool. They had Hubert in it last yeah. year, and that was tragic, that story. Yeah. Um, but the other ones Christian Lungard seems to be up and coming. I mean, look, yeah. there's not enough F2 drivers at the moment who could step into F1, but this is the thing. It's not like they weren't performing like Lando. They're not performing like George Russell. No. They're not... They're not ready yet. Who's so, got a super licence? Like, that's the real question. Yeah. Well, that is the big question, isn't it? Um, okay, well, look, Red Bull could potentially be a thing. Uh, Helmut Marko, mm. though, has said to motorsport.com, we cannot and will not afford two top stars, but Marco is the biggest liar in the paddock. Um, <laughs> our, look, I love the thought, though, of him going to Alfa Romeo. Really just not no. a lot of pressure. Him and Kimmy together again. It would just be, you know, <laughs> a skip off into the sunset as they enjoy themselves. But this is, you know, he still probably wants to win races, right? So yeah. I think you're right, Campy. If he's going to go anywhere, I think the logical choice really is Red Bull. Uh, I think he's lucky in that the Red Bull junior program has fallen to bits because people like Carlos Sainz and him and Daniel have all stepped out of it uh, yeah. and yeah. left them quite exposed <laughs> on their flanks. Um but otherwise, it's retirement. And How do you see Max be safe to see him go. Max doesn't care who he races. Yeah, oh, I'm not racing that guy. No. I'm racing the front. Mate, no, yeah. Max, Mate, you put he doesn't him have in... eyes behind him looking at who's coming up at no. all. He's that quick and that it, far, you know, except... Yeah, except look, if you, put Seb in, if you put a Seb in a car next to him, I think they would really appreciate each other and respect each other as drivers because yeah. they're both good for different reasons. I, but I think at the moment, Max is driving better. Then well, Seb, Seb could, if I'm Horner or whoever the other helmet marker, I'm looking at Seb and I'm going, he could actually teach Max a hell of a lot. Yeah. You yep. know, because Max has really done it on his own. You know, he had a, you know, well, look, he, he matured and grew up a bit last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he should drive any different. Like, I always loved the way he drove anyway. But totally. A world champion coming in, just learning about how to set up. Max is already on top of it as a star anyway. But he can learn things I've said. <laughs> and it might be a tantrums. good Yeah, I know. But it might be a good little mentorship yeah. in that sense. Mm-hmm. But then you've got to evaluate what Seb's actually racing for. I don't think the guy wants to do that. I oh. think he genuinely still wants to win. Do you think podiums are enough for him or does he want to win? No, he wants to win. Yeah. Mate, but that's the thing champion. though, Red Bull can Red Bull can still provide him <clears throat> with the ability to win though. The next yeah. year, yeah. it's still a front-running car. Max, you know, we spoke about just before Daniel Ricciardo being amazing at taking the opportunity to get past people who have misfortunes, right? He didn't. Mm-hmm. He hasn't won all of his races based purely on his race pace and yeah. race merits. There's been a lot of, you know, pitting and everything else going around it. Opportunity. I think the opportunist, right, in Seb Vettel, in a Red Bull, would win a couple of races. And I think it's not mm. necessarily for him chasing a world championship anymore. I think it's just being able to not have to switch the number one and two sign yeah. uh, <laughs> in in the race from him and Lewis. He's still got a whole year this year, so he might come out pants Leclerc 
put egg on the face of Ferrari and then decide, no, it's time to retire, you know what? Mm. I've been painted a certain way in media by Ferrari and it's not the case and blah, 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 and I'm still as good as I ever was. Not that I think he is, but he still has that chance this year. Mm. So That's true. I I would look at Seb as a bit of a a guy who thinks of himself as a historian and a bit of a a legacy guy for Formula 1. I reckon he's going to want to go out on a high and I think going back – to Red Bull, this kind of storyline of him returning back home to where he won his championships, it could be a really nice end to the story. And I think he'll actually take note of that and value that higher than maybe going to the most competitive car for him. He might go, you know what, this is a really good end note for my career and that could really pay apart. But I, I see him retiring before he goes anywhere else. Yeah. Unlike Fernando Alonso, where it's been <laughs> rumoured that... Coming back. <laughs> rumoured that Liberty Media have said yes we will supplement some of his driver salary through Renault, <laughs> which is, jeez. if we're this hearing is a whole the, thing. If we are hearing stories like uh, that, that definitely tells me that there's been conversations going on for Would this happen with Bernie? Probably not Bernie. <laughs> no, it's, it's Bernie probably would more, be like, no, don't no, do that. You've got to you remember, if Bernie <laughs> wanted someone in the racing. Oh, yeah. He would, like, look at, was it Hickey Conal, Cove Linen who came to Melbourne with yep. a contract that year and it went to court and he was like, you're not racing, yeah, I don't care what your contract says. <laughs> if Bernie wants someone to race, he'll race. But if Liberty Media is offered to pay some of the salary because Fernando Alonso's salary is huge, mm. that is very surprising. Like, that's surprising. So I, I, I think, think it's for the sport, like. He's such a character. People want him around. I think you should probably Google that someone right now and just check as we're talking about it that we haven't heard any more news because the wine news has been coming out lately, red hot and fast. So, yeah. you know, I, look, I, I, I think Alonzo's back next year. You reckon? Well, if we're hearing yeah. stories like that, I think he's back. I think he's, I think totally, he's back as well. Guarantee he's and back if we're hearing that. It's funny because uh, there's already French reports saying that he has signed a uh, a pre-agreement with Renault. Yeah, but the French back also yesterday. All the time. <laughs> hang on a second, but all, also yesterday he posted a bloody photo of his Renault days on his Instagram, which he hasn't done for a long time. Whether he's just mm. taking the piss or not, he's not doing much to squash the rumors. Now, Fernando Alonso was like, you know, Zach Brown called him champ and everything else. So when Liberty Media came along, he was like the personality alongside Lewis that everyone knew. And the fact that he jumped across to Indy 500, which is where Liberty lives in that kind of media space, and America now knows him, they are thinking, well, he's a marketable asset to the US uh, as someone who understands uh, art, motorsport, who can be a brand ambassador for Formula One later on. Let's stick him back in the car for a little bit and see where he goes. But I, I mean... He had a great time with Renault, and there, I don't think there's any bad feeling. The fact that he had his little, you know, his uh, championships, went away to McLaren for a year, that went horribly wrong, thanks to Lewis, and he came back. There is precedent set for him to go back to Renault. Yep, I think you're right. You're spot on. And I think but. that's going to be great for the sport. But the fact he's, he's 40 years old as well, it's like saying to Kimmy coming back, and Kimmy's and- thinking about bloody leaving. I watched an interview with Zach Brown today where he was he was talking like he was in if he was in the position he was doing Alonzo's bidding, put it that way. What he said was if I was Renault, I'd be taking Alonzo tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately yeah. Alonzo didn't fall in our in our long term plans. But for someone well, yeah, Zach Brown I, loved yeah. Alonzo. Yeah, he was 
But Zach Moran was good to Alonzo and Button. Yep. He had to be. Because he's like, boys, you guys are great. You're going to do so many good things for our team, developing it, fundamentally getting systems in place. Yeah, they gave him a shit car, but as soon as they moved away from that Honda engine, Honda, Honda engine everything started to roll in place for yeah. McLaren, right? Mm-hmm. And that's on the back of the hard work that Alonso and Jensen Button did in those two or three really bad years. Mm. That's I a great point. I see them at the front. So, look, yeah. If you're putting a percentage on it, what do you reckon? Under. Whoa. I'll put my ass on it. Alonso's <laughs> back. You've heard it here first. <laughs> I'm on a hot streak. I was right last week. I'm right this week. Bang. Yeah. Alonso to Reno. I'm Hello, also, you heard uh, it just to the listeners out there, I'm full of shit at the best of time too. So. <laughs> no, he's called it. Cam, he calls it. I called it. Do you, want to, uh, do you also want to confirm Vettel to Red Bull as well and Albon back to Toro Rosso, sorry, Alpha no, Tori and then Gasly no, out? You know what? I'm going to change my whipping boy. Who's the whipping boy? Charles Leclerc is oh, in my crosshairs. Watch out. <laughs> he's watch in my crosshairs. I've got two now. <laughs> <laughs> we it. haven't even started yet and there's a second whipping boy. I love it. Hey, well, well, boys, we're not too far away from racing either. So this is going to, like, really be interesting before we get into an actual card. I mean, I'm interested to see how, as you said, Vettel goes on the race day, but just how Daniel's attitude in the paddock changes. Because Martin mm. Brundle was saying, I, I barely saw Daniel last year, you know, smiling and doing his usual antics like we did at Except Red when Bull. when swearing at Netflix. Definitely <laughs> swearing at Netflix, which is still bloody fantastic. And I love that whole thing. I uh, also love Netflix probably more for be, actually publishing that. Um, but do you think now mentally he's going to be in a better headspace and he actually might perform better at Renault as a result? Oh, he's got to be. He's got to be in a better mental headspace. Um, whether the car's competitive or not, I don't know. Oh, you drive freely. Yeah. No, no pressure on your shoulders now. Yep. He's got the gig for next year. Although you you're, like, only as bad as, you're only as bad as your last race. If he comes out and... Ocon's like anywhere near him. Oh, that'll stagger me. But if Ocon gets the job on him, then that's like I'll be putting warning signs up a bit. Not that I ever question Daniel Ricciardo. How dare you? Not that I ever do, but I think he'll drive more. <laughs> like there's no, no pressure on the guy. He doesn't no. have to do anything. Watch this him. Year. He can just sell him in a shit car. And if he doesn't perform, oh, the team's you know classic. Watch. What happened at Red Bull? They've sabotaged me. So watch him know. break later than ever before. Oh, I know. <laughs> Probably <laughs> takes out the cooler a few times. Star. He is just going to be chucking it in wherever he wants and driving really well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she um, said. <laughs> can't help yourself. Cannot bloody help yourself. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, sorry. boys, I mean, it's, it's going to be another interesting couple of weeks because obviously Renault now need to confirm their seat. He, the the spin that happens so quickly, I might, we might see the rest of the driving market sort itself out because really there's only a couple, a handful of people who are actually confirmed for yeah. next year. Uh, one of those is Checo. One of those is, uh, well, Lance, Lance Stroll because, of course, that, that is forever. Um, but none of the <laughs> Hello, last Daddy. guys. Yeah, thanks, Daddy. Buy me an Aston. Um <laughs> None of the Haas boys have re-signed. Uh, there's nothing with Alpha Romeo or Alpha Tori. Uh, Max is signed for Red Bull for lo- like. There's only a couple yeah. now, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens for the next it, couple of weeks. It's pretty crazy that we've got really a whole season of F1 to go, and we've got a lot of people in different cars yeah. for the following year. That's insane. 
Uh, I think we've got a whole season so left to, to race. Well, and it's mind. disappointing. We haven't even seen, haven't even seen a race yet. Oh. And it's disappointing we're not it's going crazy. to like just the new regulations next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I would kind of. It'd kind of be easier if it was new regs. The fact that we're still in the same car, like next year, is going to be except for a McLaren Mercedes engine. Poof. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be a whole thing. Now, boys, we're talking about uh, going racing very soon, which is very exciting. Silverstone has confirmed that they're doing two runs uh, of the circuit over two different weekends. How do you think that's going to play out uh, in terms of people at the front obviously going, oh, that's great, it's a victory. It's, I've only had to think about Silverstone once and then I can go away for a year. Oh, do you think people you who struggle in the mid-ground might be able to make up more ground coming to, to a second race or is it going to be exactly the same kind of grid order? No, I think it'll be exactly the same. I'll tell you who it does benefit, though. The Silverstone track as Ooh, a corporation. Oh, big coin. Oh, big double coin. their income and hopefully get out of some of the monetary well, financial issues they're in. From what I heard, everyone's paying the, them. This year was the last year, wasn't it? Uh, no, they re signed last they year. They did re sign last year. Yeah, they re signed last year. From what I heard, yeah. usually Silverstone pays for the race to be hosted and then they make all the money well, on the gate. Everyone pays. Well, not, not all the time. Some pay Mon- more than Mon- others. Monaco doesn't pay. Australia yeah. definitely pays. Australia we, definitely we, pays. we pay under on a world scheme. Yep. I can tell you what the golf's paying. Yeah. Astronomically <laughs> more than everyone else is. is not marketable in the slightest. Yeah. No. But from what I heard this time is the F1 is actually paying Silverstone to run it. Well, Because think- they can't actually make back the income. Because well, they can't well, open the gates, they can't do all yeah, those things. The British event, government right. refuses to put any money into it either and subsidise yeah. any of it, and that's yeah. the real problem. Yeah. Um, because they were saying that this Silverstone makes its money, 50% of it or something of the income is from this weekend. Yeah. Which makes sense. Like, it's huge. So you can understand why they're going to need some propping up if you ever want it to exist again in the I, future. I think the reason F1 are probably doing that and making it financially viable is because Silverstone is an iconic track. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's like Monaco, really. It's been around for so long. Yep. Britain is the home of Formula One and all teams. For them to not have a Grand Prix there yep. is just mind-boggling. Well, and they're just going to load up on the European races where they can just for logistics. Yeah. So that yeah, Silverstone. I don't I don't like that track. I, I do like the old layout though. I like the yeah. old start finish yep. line where they straight into mm. Maggots and Beckets and uh, I like I don't love the new one because I can I never figure out where I am in the lap. Mm. Um, but you know, yeah, I think we'll get a couple at Austria too. That's what they're talking about. Mm. Yeah, so we're looking yeah, between 15 to, to 18 races. So we like have- we're getting back to a potentially a you know an old school amount of championship races for yeah. the year. So we're going to lose oh. the Americas. Is that right? As far as I'm aware, Brazil's gone. Really? Yeah, Coda well, and America uh, and Brazil. Coda, they're going to keep it yeah. keep it in Europe and. As much as they put as they possibly can. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, which is disappointing because Coda's a great race. As long as we've got Spa and Monza, they're, mate, they're two yeah. brilliant tracks to watch. Uh, Hungara rings good too. Well, so where's the last race going to be? I mean, obviously it's stupid. It'll be in the golf. Yeah, but uh, the yeah. real race because we're not going to have Brazil anymore. They'll probably do Bahrain. <laughs> They'll probably do Dubai and Bahrain. Yeah, well, that. So um, what's the one before that? That's the end. <laughs> Well, it's normally well, Brazil. It's, it's normally Brazil it's is Brazil. the last, and it's not. So it's going to be Abu Dhabi with the last one, uh, and there'll Ugh. be Bahrain the second last one, and there'll be some other ones in Europe. Look, everything is going let's, to let's be hope confirmed we don't end a little bit Russia. later. Russia, <laughs> <laughs> no, <it's laughs> mate, we're ending in Abu Dhabi. They, you no. just said no, that I mean, pay the most uh, money. That's where we're ending. I'll tell yeah. you what, Russia's a track we don't need to go to. It's much more. <laughs> No, it's much like Paul Ricard in that sense. It just produces crap racing. 
If the cars get quicker and faster and the technology beefs up mm. and they're allowed to excel at a rate that where the FIA is not pulling them back on regulations, those tracks will become super tracks soon. Mm. But at the moment, the cars aren't there. Mm. Interesting. Bring so on we're going to go to Japan? Ooh, no, that's... I, I doubt it. Yeah, there's no. That's from what I can understand, there's no Asia races. They're going to try and keep no, travel as minimal as possible. That's a, that, that's a track. That's a track. That's a track. Mm. Barcelona is a track too. Uh, that's sorry. It's a great. Out. It's a great looking track, but it doesn't really. <laughs> well, we probably end this because we're just yeah, chatting about tracks. One here. thing is for sure, we are going <laughs> to Austria first, and that is not too far away, boys. It is the fifth, the fifth of July, uh, which is very exciting. In that time, we're going to have Fernando Alonso confirmed to Renault, and Sebastian yeah, Vettel confirmed to Red Bull, according to Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, sorry, according to uh, Thomas J. Camp. I don't know why I said according to Daniel Ricciardo. I'm sure <laughs> Daniel Rick wouldn't mind Fernando going there. But boys, it's great to be correct with you. It's great to be oh, back talking it. about Formula One so regularly and some excitement going around the paddock. Uh, an absolute pleasure as always. We'll catch you next time when Fernando dons the yellow and black. See you, boys. The what? Sorry, mate. What? Nothing. <laughs> you just missed this. So Cammy put his ear oh, to yeah. his microphone. Oh, what a pisser. Oh, uh, I heard what knowing, you said. And imagine I, knowing what you do, you're doing with your life. I did hear what you said, and I approved that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Out of ten, oh, four. I love this.